Welcome to This Curious Life with your host, Terry Rosenstock, and I'm here today with Sebastian Grodd. Hi, Terry. Hi, everybody. How are you going? Hello. Uh, so glad to have you here. And you are a man of many talents and oh, thank uh, you. do many things. But buttering me up so early in the interview, oh, clearly. you need to, right? Years of communications. <laughs> yes. Um, but we're here today to talk about one of your favorite hobbies, which is surfing. Awesome. So, um, how did you get started? Well, I had a, um, a really fortuitous afternoon just short, just down the road from where we are right now, actually, at Lyle Bay, where I was walking down the beach, and this guy came busting through the dunes who, it turns out, I'd lived with in London years prior, and he's sort of waving at me frantically. He was half-dressed in a wetsuit and had a board under his arm. He was like, Sebastian, Sebastian, how are you going? Um, do you want to go for a surf, man? And I had literally hadn't even seen this guy for years since we had lived together. He was quite a weird guy, but a really cool guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, next thing I know, I, I, I said, well, yeah, I've actually got a wetsuit at home, which was just down the road. I said, I'll be, I can be back in 10 minutes. He said, sure, I'll wait here. So, <laughs> so I just went home, grabbed a wetsuit, came back. This guy lent me his board, and I had a magic surf. Um, just totally was hooked right there and then. And uh, it turned out he had a spare board, so I borrowed that off him for about a week and a half, at which point I bought one and I was into it. It's sounding very point break. <laughs> without without the crime. <laughs> yeah, without the crime. And then without the red hot chili peppers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Kiedis, right? Um, so when was this? This was, it was in my in my mid-twenties. It would have been about 25, so like two years ago. So you ago. can pick it up yeah, later yeah, in yeah. life. You don't have to be a little three-year-old starting on the way. Oh, yeah, you can start anytime, totally. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing like that. So did you just pick it up immediately, or did you struggle? No, I'm still struggling with it. Um, <laughs> you, know, you won't say well, how many years yeah, later yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think that's one of the cool things about surfing, is it's so humbling, that you you, you never feel good at it, and um, but you always have this fire burning, this hunger that keeps you coming back. So, so yeah, but as far as actually just being able to give it a go, I was a bit fortunate having, um, you know, almost 20 years of skateboarding under my belt at that time yes. and a fair amount of snowboarding and so the standing sideways was totally natural um, <laughs> that was my thing but um, being out on the water was quite new to me like I'm, mum and I we used to do a lot of tramping a lot of hiking a lot of um, a lot of skiing and snowboarding together so we're very at home in the mountains and in the bush but in the sea I'm actually just not that capable you know so um yeah i'm a good enough swimmer and i know my way around the outdoors in general but i'm you know we never went sailing and stuff like that so um that there was a whole journey there actually just understanding the ocean and the tides and um you know how it changes with the wind and the conditions and those are all things you have to learn as a surfer so that was quite a learning journey for me right and do you still feel like the oceans in control you are not always yeah yeah always <laughs> um the and that's another one of the really cool things um you know you're you're this tiny little speck in this huge body of water and it's and it's going to do its thing with or without you um but what has changed for me now is that the ocean is part of my habitat mm. and that's been really nice now the ocean is just a complete part of my lifestyle i you know living coastal is a complete deal breaker for me you know i just couldn't move inland for anything um and even within where we're located within the city you know i'm always here in the eastern burbs i've lived in the eastern suburbs of wellington for um pretty much ever since i started surfing uh, so <laughs> i'm never more than a few hundred meters 
from the coast. I work right next to the coast. I check mm. the surf every morning on the way to work. Uh, all those things are just completely part of my lifestyle. And the ocean has really become my environment throughout this process, which has been one of the best things about it because I never was that much of a beach guy. Now I love it. Yeah. And Lyle Bay is really ideal because I see surfers down there all the time. Totally. Totally. I mean, where in the world can you surf? In a cap- can you live in a capital city? And, uh, you know, if I get up, get up at get up early enough I can be paddling out at dawn and um, still be here for an 8.30 meeting <laughs> it's, you know, it's great and you feel like you've got one up on the world on those days you know mm. you, you, you come into work or you go and do whatever it is that you have to do and uh, you know if you've got a few waves under your belt you feel like you're really just living you know <laughs> to quote the beach warriors yeah, yeah, catch yeah. a wave and you're sitting on top of the world totally totally yeah yeah it's an amazing buzz yeah so what does it require physically mm. to be able to surf? Good question. Well, you've got to be able to swim. You know, that's, yes, that's, that's important. That's, <laughs> that's critical. Um, you've got to be able to look after yourself in the water. So um, outside of that, though, you know, um, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Um, there's probably a, a, a level of wellness where if you don't have that, you need assistance and a level of, of physically ableness. And, um, you know, the board riders club that I'm involved in a little bit, uh, you know, they have an amazing mobility day where they where they where good surfers go out with people that have various disabilities and, and surf with them on their boards. Oh, so, cool. you know, that's fantastic. Anyone can do it. Kids can do it. Mm. Um, people of all ages can do I've it. I've seen dogs do it. Yeah. Oh, there's some really cool people down at Lyle Bay. One of the guys has this big Malibu board, a big long board, and he takes his dog out, and you can't tell who's happier, the dog or the surfer. They're both <laughs> grinning as they carve any way down these faces. It's nice. awesome. So, yeah, I think anyone can do it. Um, physical fitness helps, and mm. I think if you want to excel at it, you have to be fit. Yeah, um, and balance. Definitely. As yeah, part yeah. of that. And, yeah. and you develop that, and you work on that. And, and if, if the bug catches you, then, um, you know, you are so motivated that that you you practice these things in different ways like whether that's just surfing a lot or or getting into yoga as i've been continuously talking about doing but haven't really done much (laughs) of yet um yeah yeah or um you know maybe you go to the gym more or you pick up your exercise regime like it motivates you to actually get those things under your belt um which is really cool um it's this driving force to be fit to be flexible um to be nimble at at um but really, like puts puts a bit of wind in your sails to do those things, which is cool. Um, but I think definitely to excel or to get to a level where you're surfing outside of these 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 um, lovely confines of our city, where it's all pretty safe, physical fitness becomes really really important because. Um, you know, when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're in a big angry ocean and, and the waves get a bit more consequential, you have to be able to look after yourself. And, and that, that's another one of the really cool things about surfing. It's very, um, it's where you get a lot of satisfaction. Um, you take on a challenge mm-hmm. and uh, and you conquer that challenge and you come back feeling pretty invigorated. It's kind of like, you know, when you climbed a mountain, um, you didn't really feel like doing it on the way up, but you get to the top or you get home and you feel totally stoked. It's, yeah, it's when are we doing it again? Exactly. <laughs> It's that plus consequence. Mm. You know, you, 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 your life's even on the line to a degree there at times. So it's 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 fully invigorating, and uh, you know, you balance that risk with um, how much you want to surf. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so there's a certain level of emotional resilience that's required as well to be out in what could be deemed as dangerous conditions, mm-hmm. um, but to know that you are strong enough to be able to excel. Yeah, yeah, that emotional resilience, um, I, I think, gets um, it, you. You develop that even more so through the discomfort that you have to go through. It's like here, living in Wellington, 
It's not the warmest water in the world. Um, I have friends who surf all around the world, and some of them live in Alaska and places that are a heck of a lot colder than here, and they really tough it out. But you know, here it's not that warm. So, you know, in in August, middle of winter. Um, Southern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere, yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, you know, it's 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 just before the dawn. Um, you know, the first rays of sun are about to come up. It's bloody cold. Uh, your wetsuit's still wet from yesterday. And it's free, and you've got to get this thing on you and get out there, and it's windy, and the waves are actually pretty crap. Uh, it's not actually potentially even going to be that fun but you push on through you know it's just, yeah. that builds resilience um or like you know camping somewhere in the middle of nowhere and lugging all your gear and and and, and really looking after yourself for a mm-hmm. couple of days and 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 dealing with adversity you know you pull this effort in and and uh you know and the conditions don't turn out to be how you want it and you've got to deal with that you've got to think no we've got to make the most of this this isn't i thought i was going to have the best weekend of my year I'm now actually just gritting my teeth to get through this, um, but I've got to find the fun in it somehow. So, so you've got to have you 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 put in those situations, and mm. you've got to triumph, and and uh, that builds a lot of resilience, which I think is great. A lot of surfers are really um, uh, they're pretty hardy kind of people, I find, and pretty and happy. Happy, totally. They're the happiest. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. sort of like the the whole um, meditation mm. benefits are yep. sort of what's happening with surfing oh, because you have to be so focused on what yep. you're doing yep. that you're sort of getting that same that same high totally totally there's a focus which is completely part of that and then there's also that being one with nature there's something about that that's completely zen or whatever people might want to call it there's something super spiritual about that or calming you know people have different ways of expressing that but that's like super special there's something about the rhythm of the waves that you're just sitting out there and they're kind of passing underneath you and you're just sort of rocking with this thing um that that is that is just completely zening out yeah and And there's no way you're on your phone at that point (laughs) no and that's one of the funny things for me it's actually an interesting thing for me about surfing is often in most cases if my phone isn't working or if i haven't got it with me i'll really notice that mm. um you know in the in the scenarios where i where i can't um access my phone i'll notice that but surfing is the one time where without fail i don't think about my phone once i can be out there for two hours and i just don't even think about it it's something else yeah it's just i'm zenning out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so now i know that you had a bit of a challenging experience mm. recently would you be willing to share a little bit about that oh totally totally yeah yeah so you're a legend around these parts basically it's amazing i have actually talked to people that have told the story back to me <laughs> not knowing that it's me yeah 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 um yeah so i was in one of my favorite places which um you know i can't tell you where it is because i'd have to kill you super we, we, secret yeah we do yeah. we do have our little secrets our surface but it's it, a becoming point break yeah 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 totally totally yeah which is <laughs> my favorite movie ever so naturally my life just 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 <laughs> it's a gravitational pull to yeah. sort of recreate but um anyway so i'm in in the middle of nowhere in, in wararapa this rural region of new zealand which is beautiful but rugged and i'm at a spot where it's really the end of the earth you know you you there's no cell phone reception or or um you know any kind of humans around apart from there were a couple luckily a couple of guys there that day who were also surfing but it's really quite an ominous place anyway not the kind of place you want to get into trouble um and i'm sort of already on edge as we always are a little bit when we're there and i feel this little bump on the back of my surfboard oh what's that i look down oh no (laughs) huge black shadow underneath me like 
you know, you, you wouldn't have been able to get your arms around its girth. This thing was a beast, uh, mm-hmm. you know, thick and a couple of meters long. And, um, you know, I only caught a sort of glimpse of it because I, I was about to really freak out and kind of lose it. Uh, you know, it was a shark. It was definitely a shark. And this thing was just sort of uh, like a U-boat down below me. And uh, so I try and kind of, I'm sitting on my board. My feet are dangling right down next to this thing. And I sort of try and turn away from it. And it it angles itself with me it's like oh crap I'm all over its radar and then suddenly boom it just came out of the water oh my and goodness just as I just saw this blackness just come out of the ocean at the, out of the corner of my eye and just went pomf and it um, totally headbutted me and um, smashed into my thigh it even like it bruised my leg and everything and uh, didn't bruise it super bad but it was a proper impact and this thing just completely knocked me off my board and I'm just in the water oh totally totally yeah yeah crazy sort of blood curdling shriek and this the single scariest thing that's ever happened to me out of anything ever uh, uh, on reflection um, yeah. and it's thrashing around between me and the beach and um, you know I paddle out to these other guys and I, I almost climb it right up on top of them I mean I levitate <laughs> you know and <laughs> just like they're really gung-ho I tell them what's happening and they're like oh it's probably just a seal bro <laughs> it's just like guys I don't want to freak you out but it was not a seal eh? they're like oh it's a seal don't even worry about it mate there's heaps around here so I was like okay okay and a good mate of mine was halfway down this point and sort of a fair way away and I couldn't really shout to him clearly so but I felt really obligated to let him know he's like a really dear friend so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so and I was trying to keep my shit together which I was at the moment at that time and anyway I paddled down to him let him know what happened same thing from him oh it's a seal bro don't even worry about it oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just at that moment someone else shouts out shark and this thing had done the same thing to him and it popped up next to him hadn't knocked him off his board but it was sort of right up next to him and then we all just honed in um, full speed I just discovered a whole new paddle speed <laughs> to- like I was walk shark speed. speed shark speed yeah <laughs> totally I just and luckily this beautiful wave was coming just at that moment I had a good, was good fortune I just caught this thing and um just rode my thousand dollar surfboard straight onto the rocks I didn't care <laughs> I was out of there yeah. and um, we all just scrambled up the beach and everybody was totally fine um, but uh, there was a warning put out by a, a local dive group um, on social media a week or two later that um, three great white sharks had been harassing surfers and divers in that very area and uh, to not go anywhere near it um, mm-hmm. and that one was quote very large so that must have been the one that was my guy yeah yes. yeah but he took one look at me and he thought well, not this guy can't take him he's too hardcore <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I was super scared I was totally scared it was yeah. the scariest thing that's ever happened to me And but yeah. you still got back on the board next weekend the next weekend okay just get straight back on the horse and that very same good friend of mine took me back out surfing in a similar region actually not a couple of points around the way but mm. and he said look we've just got to get straight back into it I was like okay cool um, within minutes some seaweed had brushed against my leg I was freaking out and then this thing pops up out of the ocean I was like is it a fin is it a fin is it a fin <laughs> it was a seal I was like go away are you kidding me man you're kidding me it's a seal flipper all the time they kept telling you it was a seal it was yeah, a seal yeah, this yeah, time yeah. it was it was a seal so, so that time it was a seal luckily but um, yeah so um, I've been surfing since absolutely you just got to keep your momentum going full bore totally yeah um, but I do have I, I am actually freaked out by it they're sort of sort of all like let's say affected by it in some mm. way um, I just think about it I um, I had a shark dream this morning and oh, yeah. Yeah, I woke up with a <gasps> gasp and mm. I'd been dreaming that I was diving and this huge great white came underneath me yeah yeah it just had, I just woke up 5 or 30 this morning with that kind of thought yeah yeah and typically i mean sharks probably aren't typically looking to just attack people but there must have been some reason that they were 
in that region being little terrorists. Yeah, yeah. I think they were just taking the piss, you know. Yeah. They're like, look, <laughs> like, watch oh, we're this. Bored. Yeah, yeah, watch <laughs> this. Let me get this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of his little <laughs> yeah. shark friends yeah, are yeah, laughing yeah, in the they're corner. They're cracking up. Yeah, you got him good. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't want to attack humans. It's it's their home. We're in their home. And, um, you know, we're getting in their way of the them going over to see their daughter or go get a f- meal or eat something like that. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so, you know, that's their home and, and, and that's fine. They're actually totally not, not seeking to eat us. Um, I think it's it's an accidental, it's an instinctual thing. You know, they are such an apex predator that um, they are trying to just destroy things and, and they're extremely good at it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can just get mistaken for something that would be really nice to nibble on. Yeah, <laughs> A yeah. seal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wearing black wetsuits doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose. Um, and so our day jobs is working for a, a rescue charity That's right. organization. Yeah. So what types of things do you do to ensure that you are safe? If you if one, you or one of your friends did get attacked by a shark Good um, question. and you're in this remote Good area, question. what would you yep. do? Well, I've, I've actually explicitly told them not to, to call 111, <laughs> like, like really let me struggle, you know, like unless <laughs> I really need it because it would just be too embarrassing. Like, They'd you know, never let you let yeah, it down yeah, totally, here. totally. I'm just like, guys, you, you know, if I'm out there, just, 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 let, let me struggle. <laughs> don't, 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 don't be hasty for that emergency phone call. That winch footage um, will live forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, and, and I mean, in all seriousness, a, a shark attack is not something that we prepare for really or think about. Um, well, you think about it, but not not in a sense that you you need to prepare for it because it's so unlikely. Mm-hmm. And I think if you were. A, you would struggle to be a surfer if you took the shark attack threat totally seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you would struggle to enjoy it. But what's super real is, uh, you know, drowning. So that's absolutely real. And concussions. And, um, you know, it really tragically, a guy drowned a few years ago just here in Lyle Bay in the mm-hmm. middle of the city uh, when he got knocked unconscious. And, and I, I believe a surfboard hit him in the head. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, absolute tragedy for everybody. Um, you know, right here in the heart of the city. So, so you've got to protect your head. That's really, yeah. really important. And there's definitely some techniques there for how you fall off your board. And there's some really important rules in surfing of of whose turn it is to catch the wave mm. and what you do when someone's in that position. And those are age-old rules, which are super important. And the person who's closest to the peak of the wave has the priority. You've got to stay out of that person's way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't jump on the wave when that person's surfing it already. You just cannot do it. So those are super important rules. Plus, like how you set yourself up and what we call the lineup, um, it's like a cue. Uh, some people Merge don't know like that. Merge like a zip. Merge like a zip. <laughs> crying out loud. <laughs> um, you know, some people disregard those rules, which is hugely frustrating and actually dangerous. Mm. Some people are ignorant to them. Again, it, it, it's frustrating and dangerous. And, and in some parts of the world, you'll totally get beaten up if you if you um, don't adhere to those unwritten rules. Mm. You'll properly just get beaten up. Um, because it's, it's lethal. You know, it's yeah. so important. You've got to do it. And, and still, in some parts of the world, they enforce that mm. through through a little bit of violence every now and then and then and then that just sort of that urban law lives on and, yeah. and, and people don't do it again for a few years mm. um, not that that's the right way to necessarily go about enforcing these things but um, it, I guess it saves lives that's how some people go about that but yeah. yeah so those rules are really important and if you're following those rules people don't get hurt um, but regardless of that there are rocks there are currents and uh, you've got to protect your head You've got to keep your your surfboard in control and keep yourself in control. You know, you, you can't put yourself in a position where you're going to ride into somebody. Mm. Those things are super duper important. And apart from that, 
beach awareness, conditions awareness, where are the rips, where are the safe entry points, where are the safe exit points, what do the guys who surf here frequently know about this place, let's tap into that, and occasionally, you know, you don't go out, you know, you're somewhere, you're in a new region, it looks fab, it's exciting, but it looks treacherous for some reason, there's a big rip current, or we're just feeling a bit unsure about this, doesn't look safe, and sometimes you just got to call it and not go out, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely being very, very aware of what's happening with rip currents, because that's how you get drowned here. Yeah, that seems to be. I've, I've watched a little bit of the um, the Bondi Beach Rescue, mm. <laughs> and there High are people quality. who will yeah, still yeah. go out in those. And then, of course, the lifesavers have to go out there yeah. and save them, which yeah, yeah. they're putting their own life at risk. And, mm. and yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. one of those things you have to know. Which is part of the reason I'm afraid of the ocean. I grew up about as far inland as you, you could possibly yeah, get. Yeah. Um, truly, I think South Dakota is. The, the spot that is okay. the most inland yeah, yeah. in North America. Um, and so I'm just across the border from that. But mm-hmm. so I, I don't know the rules. Mm-hmm. I have taken sailing courses and, and, and all of that, and I've tried to learn, but it's still one of those things that terrifies me mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there are things that I don't know. I know that there are things that I don't know. I just don't know what those things yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got to uh, have a healthy respect for the ocean. And, mm-hmm. and, and a few close calls that you get away with uh, are quite quite good in that scenario if you can be lucky enough to get away with them you know where you've been caught in a bit of a rip and you're sort of getting dragged part way out to sea and you get away with it that sort of happens to quite a few surfers when they're getting into it because they just um they underestimate how quickly you move on a surfboard Mm. you know the surfboard assists you to move around in the water which is fantastic but the flip side of that is if you get caught in a rip you start moving pretty quick too Mm. and uh, so next thing you know if you're not paying attention you can be halfway out to sea um, and in our region here in Wellington, um, there are a few of these big tidal um, systems which can actually just put you right out into the Cook Strait pretty mm. quickly, as, as we know from our, from our day jobs. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I've learned lessons about that when I uh, took some kayaking lessons mm. as well, mm. that yeah, yeah, same if thing. you're not in... With if you're not paying attention to the tide, yeah. it's going to be a struggle to get back in, mm. or it's going to take you right out. Yeah. And it goes pretty fast. Yeah, totally, totally. Pretty, pretty mad. And it's all part of the excitement of it as well. You yeah, know, it's just you've got to be aware. You've got to make good decisions. Um, you know, you can't just be a tourist to the experience. You mm. know, you've got to just be really part of it and present. And that's sort of a big part of the thrill, I think. Yeah, and there's no teacher better than experience. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 getting yeah. out there and that's. Mother Nature will teach you oh, it quickly. Does. Yeah, it doesn't hold back. Yeah, yeah. So what? What? Looking back when you first started surfing, mm. and now that you're quite experienced, what would be the advice you would give to the the newbie surfer, Seb? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good, good call. Um, I, well, for starters, I qualify quite experienced by saying, uh, you know, I've done it a lot, but I'm still pretty crap. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'd say dive in, you know, this, it was one of the single best things I've ever done in my life was pick up a surfboard. Um, there have been a few, few major turning points, one of which was moving to New Zealand in, in the first place, you know, that was one of the best things we ever did as a family. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously a few other key things along the way, but surfing, picking up a surfboard has been one of those turning points in my life, which has been like significantly improved my life and changed the course of my destiny. Um, so I'd say just dive in, don't hold back. And I'd get, and I give the same advice to anybody I speak to about surfing is just give it a go. Um, it, 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 it may be few, it may not, but you won't know until you try and it could totally change your life too, like it's changed <laughs> mine. Um, so yeah, I tell everybody to dive in. Mm. And what does it take, um, 
it's probably not something you can just teach yourself. Mm. So you probably need some sort of instructor yeah. who knows what they're doing to yeah, show I, you. I, I wouldn't say you need it, but it's really helpful. And uh, I, I sort of went down the route of what we did as skateboarders, which is you learn from the older guys. You know, mm. that, that's, that was how you learned skateboarding. There wasn't really a coach that you could get. Um, uh, and you had sort of the one VHS tape that you shared between like five friends and you know, <laughs> yeah, which today would be YouTube videos, yeah, 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 I suppose. Totally, yeah, totally. But you'd sort of sh- you know, it's only, it's only once you slow mode it, you know, there's only so much you could freeze frame <laughs> that thing. But um, yeah, so we, we learned from the older guys, and I did the same thing. You know, I learned from friends of mine who could do it, and they were super generous, and they still are. You know, you know, it's so fantastic to do a sport with someone that's better than you. Mm. It's just such a, um, a rewarding. Thing and you learn so much from spending time with people, just down to how they pack their gear, how they read the conditions. You know, it's one of those endless, infinite things that you could learn your whole life. So, getting to do it with people that are better than you, I think, is is for me the best thing. Mm. Um, outside of that, a lot of people get a heck of a lot of value from getting learner lessons, and and you can get those. Any local surf shop will be able to organise those. Um, they're super safe. You have the benefit of being if you if you can go with a registered coach, which is probably the if you I was to recommend something, I'd. I'd recommend that um, because they're trained lifesavers as well and, and they'll give you the right gear. Um, what not to do is to go out on some some mate that you have board who's a super diehard and has the really hardcore gear, the tiny little board that's just designed for an absolute guru and then just <laughs> demands that you um, grit your teeth and get through the experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to be with someone that's a bit mindful of the fact yeah. that you're starting up. But yeah, there are great coaches all, all throughout the world. Mm. Um, they're quite, there's an international qualification that you can that, that they should have, and and they'll actually know how to get you out of trouble too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think the first stages are actually really easy to pick up if you have the right gear. Mm. With the wrong board, it's frustrating. But if you have like a really nice, like kind of like three meter long sort of thing that's made of foam, you know, that's a great thing to learn to surf on. It's actually not that difficult on a nice mellow wave. You know, we're talking like a knee high, thigh high, little rolling, sunny rolling wave on a sunny day. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's a great way to learn surfing. Yep. But the die hard will take you to the like double overhead <laughs> and throw you in there. That's sort of how a lot of us live, but <laughs> that's the other ultimate method. Right, right. Um, what would you say was your best day surfing? Mm, mm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Let me recount that briefly. So um, one of the really cool things about surfing is the the actual activity is so short, but it's so phenomenal that, you know, you, you can you can remember these these five-second rides that you have for the rest of your life crystal clear, you know. Um, I mean, I went to Tonga, and I was only really starting out. I was only a few years into my surfing, and I went there with my amazing girlfriend, Sarah, and my mum went too, and her boyfriend, and, and I got to do a hell of a lot of surfing, which was great. They totally understood that that was going to be a big deal for me. But I was out, it was out of my league. Like, a lot of these tropical places, they look beautiful in the videos, but, man, they're dangerous. <laughs> like, they have this shallow coral just it's mm. only like a meter underneath you and it's razor sharp like it'll just cut through your booties and this stuff like, and, and the waves are extra powerful because they're coming straight out of the deep ocean and um, anyway we got I got surfing there and I, and I actually on the whole week that I was there I probably only caught 20 waves and, and they were probably only like 10 second rides and it was totally rewarding for me to do that do you know mm. what I mean it's that amazing 
and one day we went out on this boat trip and and this owner of this little wee camp that we stayed at he was an amazing Aussie dude who had uh, married a lovely local lady and he had uh, you know I think they had about nine children and and they were these beautiful little kids who were amazing amazing surfers they were tiny little like these things were like waist high you know these (laughs) tiny little midgets they were these phenomenal surfers and myself and this one Australian got to go out on this essentially like a little family trip with this guy and three of his sons and we were almost on just like a dugout canoe with an outboard this was like no emergency locator beacon no life jackets no nothing no radio like (laughs) just hardcore yeah Um, we went about 40 minutes out to sea in this little canoe thing and then these waves started forming up out of the ocean and I was just like please let this not be it you know could we not be near some sort of land it turned out it was a semi-submerged reef and it was where we were surfing that day and the reef was called Sharkies oh, no. <laughs> of course there's a thing here um, but yeah what an amazing thing we just sort of chucked an anchor onto this reef and um, and we paddled out and wow this was like the first time I'd seen proper barrels and that is something else you know barrels and surfing are when it forms like a cylinder mm. and and you try and put yourself right inside that thing it is a far out experience at, for any level of surfer but especially just being a few years into the game and being and put in that position was just like okay wow this you know this is this is serious stuff like it was shallow coral we were in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and uh, but it was so inspiring being with these kids like they were dropping in on these waves which would have been you know what we'd call quadruple overhead you know four times as tall as these tiny little children oh these are waves of consequence you know it would crush them and and they were just giggling with glee as they were <laughs> dropping into these cavernous mm. barrels and tucking in and letting this thing totally cover them up and, and coming out like there was such sheer happiness in the way they were doing it it was so innocent and amazing about completely life threatening to them you know <laughs> it was so cool just to witness it and be part of this little family day and um, and I only caught two waves out there but uh, and, and uh, one of them I was just sussing it out and one of them I, I just got just even just a tiny bit inside this barrel, but it would have been probably just over my back foot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but just that experience. I was just trying to get away from this thing. I looked back and there was a cavern behind me and I was just trying to escape it. Mm. It was terrifying, but amazing. I'll never forget that way for the rest of my life. It's ten seconds that I'll never ever forget. Yeah. So that was one of the best days I've ever had. That's pretty amazing. And last question. Mm. How do you pick your wave? Oh. I, I see surfers yeah, yeah. out there all the time and I'm like why didn't they go for that mm, one because mm, I know nothing yeah yeah <laughs> so I'm curious to know how, what is it good question good question and that's like a lifelong uh, skill that you try and develop is how, which wave to go for and uh, you're also sort of competing with the other guys and girls that are out there. There's a little bit of a cue factor, but then there's also some opportunity for tenacity when, mm. when these waves come in. And, uh, and you have to pick your wave. Um, you, you, you learn one of the great things about surfing regularly in a certain region and surfing breaks regularly is you get to really understand that break and you get to really understand where and under what conditions the really primo ones come through <laughs> and what they look like you know yeah. and that's where you can get the upper hand on a few other people or on yourself you know you can just do better and have more fun um, but you start to get a real sense of what a good wave looks like and it rears up like this nugget you know it's it's to me I describe it as a nugget it just it just it just totally outshines anything else that's coming through this thing just rears up in a different way it's got this force behind it it's got this shape that's different it's a different color and uh, and this thing just starts to just basically jack up well well differently from the other ones over time you start to learn 
what the rhythm is. Mm. It's like they come in little groups, which we call sets. And then you might sort of figure out that the third one in the set is the one to go for that day. That's the one. And it occasionally breaks a little bit wider, more on the left-hand side. So I'm going to kind of hide out over here and go for these ones. And, and I won't go for the first one in the set because I think the third one's the gold. Mm. And sure enough, there it is. Boom! And you get that sucker. Um, but yeah, so there's a rhythm, there's a science, and then there's this gut feeling of what this thing looks like. But when it rears up, like you know, and then you just paddle for your life to get that thing. Like your life depends on it. It kind of does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Very good. And you have a, a wonderful trip coming up to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. That's the other great thing. You know, surfing takes you to these destinations around the world, which are generally beautiful, full of lovely people, and they're cheap, and the surfing is free. I mean, it's just such a cool thing to to dedicate a holiday to. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. So, yeah, Sri Lanka, can't wait. It looks like an amazing place, and I'm going with my fiance Sarah. She has been before, and she said it's fantastic. And yeah. I have a very good friend that lives there. We have a very good friend that lives there, and he's just organized so many great things for us. So, so do you travel with your board, or do you get a board there? Uh, I travel with my boards. Yeah, yeah, we take a couple just to have really the right, the right tool for the job. Um, you can hire. But over time, you just tend to really zero in on the type of equipment that you really like and that really suits you, and um, that, that'll be a big part of it for me is just having having my go-to boards that I love, that I feel super confident um, having them right right at, at hand is going to be key. So, yeah, I travel with them. It's uh, it's a bit of a commitment trying to strap this damn thing to the top of a tuk-tuk, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, but, yeah, we do that. Yeah. And it's not carry-on, I'm imagining, so no. you have to trust that the airport staff is going to handle yeah. It with care. You wrap them up really good, and yeah. there's a whole lot of tricks of the trade there. You get a, like a pool noodle, and you cut it in half, and you put it around and duct tape. And yeah, Kiwi ingenuity, definitely Kiwi ingenuity, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Seb. Hey, thank you. I think it's super cool what you're doing. Obviously, I'm a big fan of everything that Terry does, <laughs> uh, but I think this is particularly cool, and I'm just honored to be invited. It's just great that you've invited me on the show. Thanks a lot. Well, it's very exciting, and uh, I look forward to putting your stories out into the world. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll have you on again to talk about something else, fundraising. Pleasure. Um, yeah, all yeah. the other things that you do. So and thanks to anybody that sat through to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, we should have a quiz question yeah, here. Yeah, like yeah. They, they have to answer and the secret word is fish or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Sebastian Grodd for joining me on This Curious Life. The music for This Curious Life is created by Haley Fordyce. Artwork by M. Simonic. Logo by Nicole Miller, Professional Creative. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to click follow wherever you get your podcasts so you're updated when the next episode of This Curious Life is available. On the next episode, we have M. Simonic talking about metal detecting. Be sure to check it out. Thank you for sharing. This curious life